Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We have merch. Check out the AmericanGlutton.net shop. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. A number of people have come up to me wearing American Glutton merch, and nothing fills my heart with more pride than seeing somebody in one of these t-shirts. And I've been stopped on the street and asked where to get it when somebody sees me in an American Glutton hoodie. Well, you can get it all at the shop on AmericanGlutton.net. And my favorite t-shirt, yesterday it was tomorrow, right now, is up now. Get it while supplies last. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is John David Gloud. He is a certified nutrition coach, and he just wants to help people lose weight. He's had a miraculous transformation himself and kept it off now for 11 years. You can find him on Instagram or YouTube at obese to beast John Glaude, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. I am happy to be back. What? Welcome happy to be back. back. Did I yeah. say back? Welcome back to the America. This is the third one. This is awesome. Third one. Yeah, I know. I am. I am. I'm very happy to be back. So thank you for having me again. Dude, I'm excited to talk to you. You know, I'm sure you know stats of like weight loss and, and more importantly, keeping weight loss off. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think a lot of people can lose weight. Not many can keep it off. How mm-hmm. long have you kept your weight off it's been 11 years well i would say 10 years that i've kept it off because i lost it in about a year and a half and i'm 30 i lost it when i was 20 i'm 31 now so it's 10 11 years so awesome dude yeah 
what's the secret sauce? <laughs> I wish I wish there was like a simple answer to that question. For me, like I think one of the biggest things has been finding fitness that I enjoy. And that is something that changes very frequently. Uh, I go through lots of uh, <laughs> different interests. Uh, I don't know if that's just my personality or if it's just because I have I have ADD as I just grabbed this fidget thing that I was about to start spinning. Um, I I get very hyper focused on things, and for me, luckily, a lot of those things have been fitness related, and so. I I do think that that's been a really big help um, along with a, a myriad of other things, things that you've talked about, I, I would say frequently on the podcast um, as far as like diet is concerned, because I do think diet is, especially for losing weight, very, very important. And I think for keeping it off, it's also as important, but I think it like switches is my best way to explain it. Like when I was first losing the weight, I was very much so like the diet like overtook my life. And I don't mean that in a bad way per se, but it, it almost had to because I went- the main focus. Yeah, it was like all I thought about, right? And I think I had had to be like that because for so long in my life, it was, it was a focus, but in the opposite way. <laughs> like yeah. it was like, what am I gonna eat? What am I gonna have? When are we gonna eat? Can I have some of that? And like, I had, I had family that didn't like to eat around me because I would be just staring at them like, can I have some? Can I have some, you know? And uh, so I think like at that time, diet became this thing that I thought about all the time. And I would say where I'm at now, 11 years later, I don't think about it as much, but I think it's because of things that I have set up almost unintentionally to be successful. Yeah. And so like, you know, things that I eat, I have similar meals very frequently, stuff like that, where I'm not thinking about food. And so I don't, I'm not feeling like, oh, I messed up. And because I feel like if I was always thinking like, oh, I messed up or I shouldn't have had that, that would just be so much mental strain on me that it would be really hard to deal with. So I don't really think in terms of what's good and what's bad. I just feel like, over the years, I've learned what works for me and I naturally go to the things that work for me because I want to feel good. And, in you know, that that's like something that's really important to me. I, I want to be able to feel good when I wake up in the morning or during the day. So I'm not going to gorge myself on food. But then also I do allow myself to have things that are fun and I don't beat myself up over it to a point where I think it's unhealthy. Because I do think that it's important to allow yourself to have certain things. And I think that that's something that I, I'm going on such a rant. But No, I fucking I love it, dude. This is what I do. But uh, I think it's important at the start to maybe like this is something I learned over time. And so like this is a lot of the stuff I talk about now is, you know, it's it's 10 years post weight loss. And so, you know, this these are things that took a long time. And I, I feel like sometimes I'll be talking to someone about this and I can almost like see their eyes glaze over because they're just like, dude. I'm nowhere near that. And I get like, I get it. Trust me. I understand what it's like when you're first wanting to lose weight, feeling like thinking that you're always going to be thinking about your diet and thinking about food and missing the food that you used to eat and all this stuff. Right. Like, I know what that's like, but I promise, like, if you find something that works for you and you stick to it long enough, that feeling will dissipate. Like, will it go away completely? I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. I can say for me, pretty much it has, but yeah. So like, I allow myself to have those things. And what I've always said, and this is an analogy that I, I actually did come up with. I'm very proud of it. Um, so I'm not sure how good it is because I did come up with it. But um, it's you hear a lot of people say I fell off the wagon, 
right? That's like a saying a lot of people say, you know, oh, I fell off the wagon. And I always say, okay, you're driving the wagon. And so if you fall off it, the wagon stops. You just get back on and you keep going. But a lot of people, like they fall off the wagon and they sprint backwards. They're like, well, it's gone. Like they're on a hill yeah. and the wagon has left, right? If you quote unquote fall off the wagon or you have a meal that maybe isn't the best, basically what I'm trying to say with that analogy is what's more important is how you react to that situation instead of, oh my gosh, everything's over. I might as well just have, you know, I might as well keep eating this stuff. Just be like, okay, you know what? that maybe that wasn't the best decision, or maybe you decide, you know, I'm okay with that decision that I made and learn from that. Decide, okay, if it wasn't a decision you wanted to make, think to yourself, what led to that? You know, what, what, what a series of events were you not eating enough? Were you at a party and you maybe just whatever, right? Just think about it, try and learn from it and then move on from there. But I don't know, like when it comes to like the secret, I wish that I really wish there was, and I'm sure you know, you know, like, you know, like I wish there was because I I would love to be able to bottle it up and give it to people. But it's one of those things that I do think for each person, it's going to be individual and how you find what works for you. Because the, the sad fact of the matter is, yeah, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, and I've said this before too, and I feel like people, they almost like get annoyed, but it's like, Losing weight is relatively easy compared to keeping it off. Like we don't have a problem, I think, in America of like being able to lose weight. I think a lot of people have been able to lose weight, right? It's about keeping that weight off. And that's to me a lot more intriguing. And like, how do we how do we help people do that? That's kind of where I'm at now with like the content that I make. How do I help? It's it's a it's a weird thing because when I was very overweight, Mm -hmm. it was all just I just need to lose weight. That was my sole focus. And then I kept waking up needing to lose weight and going, <laughs> but wait, I lost this weight. I did this already. Why am I doing this again? I have um, questions about your process. Okay. And I have two. I want to get to eating fun stuff, but but first I want to ask you, when you're super focused on food and getting into maintenance, how long... And and you talk and you you said basically you're not super focused on food right mm-hmm. now. That's like secondary to what you're doing physically active stuff. Mm-hmm. What what was that like? That was it hyper focused for a few years? Was mm-hmm. it a year of solid dedicated work? What was it? And and I'm assuming you just kind of created a habitual lifestyle that you then are sticking to. Am I, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I would say like a hundred percent. So I guess to kind of like, I'll, I'll just take you through my journey, right? My uh, eating, eating journey, but like, you know, growing up, obviously I just ate whatever, right? Like that's how I got to where I was. So, so for those that might not know, I was like at my heaviest, I, I've always said 360 pounds, but I think it was probably heavier, but I, we, we've all been there. We didn't weigh ourselves. Right. And so around that, maybe closer to 400 pounds at 20 years old. So that was my highest weight. And when I first started losing weight, I literally knew as little as you can about nutrition. Like I was not like, I've met some people. I've, I had a friend of mine that he was, he's, he's, he was very large, but people would call him like a a personal trainer because he knew everything you had to do, but he just wouldn't do it. Right. He, he would even say it himself. Right. I was not that guy. I was the opposite. I knew nothing. If you asked me what a carb was, what a calorie was, I had literally no idea. Right. And so that's where I started. And so what I did was I decided to start what I call the common sense diet. And because I, and 
going back as well, I was never the person that lost a significant amount of weight and then gained the weight back, which I, I am happy about. But obviously at the time it was very frustrating because I felt like I was a complete and abject failure at losing weight. Like this literally because it was slow. It was, I literally couldn't do it. Like before this time being successful, I, I, the most weight I lost was maybe 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like there has to be something wrong with me. Right. It was like a foregone conclusion. I, it wasn't like, maybe there is in my mind, there absolutely was, but I just don't know what it is. Right. That's how I felt because I tried what I felt. I tried everything. I later learned out I did not, um, but I felt like I tried everything. I've, I've, I've talked about this before, but I remember my mom, somehow we got a case of Slim Fast. So like growing up, we were very poor. So like, this was like a big deal, right? I don't know how she got, I think it was like a, for work. And so I was like, okay, Slim Fast. I was a child at the time and I was already trying to lose weight. You know, I think I was in junior high. And so I was like, all right, Slim Fast. So I would eat basically the same stuff, but I'd also drink a slump ass. <laughs> right. And so in reality, I'm eating more calories, wondering why I'm not losing weight. But like I, that, that was, that was me before I actually was successful. And so, yeah. and looking back, I realized everything I, maybe not the slump ass thing, but everything else I would try, it was always way too intense. I would go way too hard at the start and I would see a little bit results, but I was so, I would jump off of it so quickly that those results were so minuscule that it just, I wasn't, I wouldn't see enough results for it to capture me um, like it did in the time that I was successful. So, so when I first started losing weight, this time that it was successful, I did what I call the common sense diet. And so my diet at the time was basically almost exclusively fast food, junk food. I drank a lot of soda, like two liters of soda a day. It was just like, I would say the typical American diet, but then like on, like maybe on steroids, if you want to use that, you know, that term, but it was like, I ate when my friends would, me and my friends would go to McDonald's and this was when the, the value menu was actually a dollar. Things were a dollar. Now I've looked at McDonald's. I'm like, wow, that's crazy how much more it is. But, um, I would get two McDoubles, two McChickens, a large fry and a large drink. And then sometimes I would also get chicken nuggets and the different dipping sauces. Right. And I would think to myself, why? am I so large and my friends aren't because they're also eating McDonald's or fast food. Right. But I didn't, it, I didn't compute the fact that they're eating maybe a third of the amount that I was. So that was my diet at the start. And so I did the common sense diet. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked again. Um, and so for me, the common sense diet was no more soda, no more junk food, no more fast food. And that again, this is coming from someone that knew nothing about nutrition, but I was like, these are things, regardless of how much you know or not, most people would agree, if you're trying to lose weight, there's probably a good thing to cut out. Right. And so that that's what I did at the start. And I would <laughs> I would literally, I would go to Vaughn's, which is a grocery store here, and I would get like pre-made sandwiches or I would buy my own sandwiches and make them. But a lot of times I would eat like two sandwiches. And my mom was always my biggest supporter, but again, she didn't know much about nutrition either. So she'd see the sandwiches I'm eating and she's like... John, John David, my family calls me John David. Do you think that, you know, eating that much bread is good for your weight loss? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's better than what I was eating before. And so sandwiches became actually a quite a big staple and I still eat them very frequently. But that's kind of how it started. It started off really what I would say pretty healthily, really good. But eventually it did become not healthy. And I eventually kind of started struggling with binge eating because then I did start to learn about calories and what they were. 
And instead of really understanding them, what it turned into in my mind was calories are evil and the devil, and I need to avoid them at all costs, right? And so then once I started learning about calories, I basically turned that into, okay, now I just can, I need to learn how to avoid them as much as I can. And at this point, I was eating, like I was working two jobs at the time and I was eating like anywhere from 700 to a thousand calories a day. And wow. yeah, one of my jobs I was working at the van shoe store. And then I actually got a job at Vons and I was working in the meat department where you had to like lift up these like 50 a minimum. They were 50 pounds of frozen meat, but a lot of times they'd be heavier. That was really, that was a really hard time in my life because I would, every time I would stand up, I would be lightheaded because I wasn't eating enough. Right. And so it did become very, I would say dangerous, but I got very scared at this moment because when I was at this point in my weight loss, I had lost a pretty significant amount of weight. But at this point was when I felt the most out of control. And like, there is a, a, a very serious chance that I'm going to gain the weight back. And yeah. I think it stemmed from feeling out of control. Like like the, that feeling like we were talking about earlier, where it's like, there's no way I can keep this up. Like I can do it for a little bit, but there's no way I can keep it up. And I actually, and, and to- when, and when you're done that, is, I mean, life is fucking scary. It, mm-hmm. When, when, when I'm done, what, what do I have? I have exactly. no tools. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And I used to joke with my best friend and he would even say something like, I don't, are you eating enough? Like, do you think that's healthy? And I'd be like, once I lose the weight, I'll figure it out. And if I heard that from someone that maybe I was like working with or having a conversation with, I'd be like, that's a huge red flag. That is not a good way to go about it. That's why I always say like, I feel very lucky that I was able to figure this stuff out. Obviously I I put in work, but I always think there's a little bit of luck involved in life. And so, but I, you know, at this point, terrified of gaining the weight back, just feeling like there's no way, there's no way I can keep this up. And then I, (laughs) at this point, I was actually this was before I had started like obese to beast, the stuff that I do now. And so I was kind of lost in life at this time. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I, I went to college for a year and I, <laughs> I majored in music and, <laughs> but I couldn't read music. So that didn't work out. Um, and so I dropped out and the, I was kind of just working jo- a job, you know, just a regular job. And I was feeling a little lost. So I was like thinking about maybe joining the military. And so I started reading more up on that. And I realized, okay, if I really want to join, I'm going to have to be at least a little physically fit because yeah, I had lost a lot of weight, but I wasn't really working out like lifting at all. And I knew I'd have to be able to do, you know, some pushups, some pull-ups, maybe some sit-ups, you know, and I was like, I don't even know if I could do any of that stuff. So then I started working out and then that's when around this time as well is when I did start like the obese to beast brand. Right. I I didn't think of it as a brand at the time. It was more just, I literally felt very bad about posting so much stuff on my regular Instagram. So I was like, I'll make another Instagram. And then I was like, what's the name? Uh, obese to beast sounds cool. And so that's how that started. Um, and so then I, uh, I kind of like started working out and started lifting and it kind of, I don't, it didn't resolve itself, but I realized I was a lot hungrier and I, and, and around this time I was starting to learn about macros, which, you know, carbs, fats, and proteins started to learn about how to build muscle. And I started to implement those things. And so now I'm eating a little bit more, still not enough. I don't think, but I'm eating a little bit more. I'm eating enough protein and things started to get a little bit better. I wasn't binging as often because it, it started to become like basically every three or four days I would have a binge. 
And so again, that feeling of out of being out of control would just was just heightened, right? And so then I started learning about that stuff and I I started feeling more confident and more confident. And then I got really involved in the uh I guess you could call it like bodybuilding or just physique like changing your physique scene on YouTube, which was really blowing up at the time as well. And I really started to learn about macros and how to track them and all of that stuff. So then I started implementing those things. And it really, really helped me a lot because understanding what was in foods made it to where it was no longer this mystical, mystifying thing that I didn't understand. Like I started to understand how many calories are in certain things and, and, you know, the macro breakdowns of certain things and through tracking for, I, I tracked for a few years that again, gave me the confidence to eventually no longer track. And so like, I basically, I haven't tracked for many years at this point, but you know, going back. So then I ended up, I, I'm trying to shorten this as much as I can. I ended up competing in a physique show in 2016 where I had to track like literally everything. I had a really good friend of mine, Brian, um, who made YouTube videos. He was like already kind of doing bodybuilding stuff. He helped me with that as well. He he was basically my coach. He taught me a lot about this stuff. And so I tracked meticulously in 2016. And But I remember I was like, I didn't enjoy really tracking. I never really did. I like numbers and math. I always hated it. And so I didn't enjoy it, but I I saw I saw how beneficial it was and I understood like this isn't very fun, but it's definitely something that I'm learning a lot through. So I stuck it out, you know, and I did my physique show in 2016. But I remember I told myself like I'm done tracking after the show, which was kind of scary because something that happens with people that aren't even people that have lost a lot of weight after physique shows or bodybuilding shows is the rebound, which is like you gain a ton of weight afterwards. And I was like genuinely terrified because I almost felt like it's inevitable that it's going to happen. But I felt like I cannot let that happen because, um, you know, my YouTube channel had started growing. Like I had a viral video that went super huge about my loose skin. Like all of these other things were happening. And I felt like almost obligated to my audience to show people that like, it's, you can do it. You can do a physique show without rebounding. And so, Thankfully, I was able to do that. I never had some significant, um, you know, weight regain. Uh, but I think looking back, I I struggle with it because I don't want to ever sound like I'm some sort of like hater of bodybuilding or physique shows. But I I always struggle with, I see a lot of people that are coming from the extreme that I did. Like this is the example that I set. So I I, I feel like a sort of guilt about this. But like, because a lot of people saw what I did and they want to do it themselves. But I've just seen so many people like it breaks you because yeah. it is in- incredibly hard. And like I was I was in a I was able to do it. I feel because I worked hard. Yes. But I was very lucky that I I my job was YouTube at the time. I I had all the support. I had, you know, thousands of people that were watching the videos and I had this like this aura of support that just doesn't happen if you're just a guy that's working a nine to five and you happen to lose a lot of weight. And so I have a lot more respect for people that do that than personally I have like for what I did. Like I'm very proud of myself, but it's a lot harder when you have, you know, a regular nine to five or, and you have kids and it's just a completely different beast. Right. But I digress. Uh, And so I did the show and then I stopped tracking. I was terrified, but I was able to get through it and through tracking. And eventually I just was able to 
I, this wasn't something that I did cognitively, I don't think, but I started to eat similar foods throughout the day. The, this, these are what I call staple meals. Other people call them staple meals and enjoying them. And like, I, it's not like I feel like I have to, it's just one, I don't want to have to plan other things out. So it's easier when I go shopping, I buy the same stuff every time. Right. And I get, I get not everyone can do that. Okay. I, I always say like, I don't know if there's, if there's something weird with me, but like I can eat the same food all the time and re- it really doesn't bother me. Me too. Yeah. I really, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I really don't mind at all. Like I'll eat my protein oatmeal every morning and literally not complain or care. It's just like, for me, it's just like, yeah, it's sustenance. And you know, I like how it tastes. And, and for me, it's like the, odd times that I do go out to eat or that I do have like a fun meal, like it's enough for me. Like that's enough variety to where I'm like, all right. And then the rest of the week I can have the same things. But so then I started to build that, that, you know, that repertoire, like that, that kind of those staple meals. And, and I always say like, what I do now is mindful eating. So there's a big thing called intuitive eating. That's kind of everywhere. Um, I think that term comes with a little bit of baggage. Uh, Dude, listen, like- I, I got to tell you, I fucking hated when I first read this uh, about into years ago, intuitive yeah. eating. I was like, these morons, you want to tell <laughs> yeah. me just to sense my way through eating? I don't know. My body doesn't know yep. what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. there's no cues. The cues yep. have I, I have to, like, send a signal to my brain saying, like, no, I. I saw how much you ate. That's enough. That's (laughs) my version of intuitive. But I will say just to your point, I like once you kind of are doing it, you have to step back and admit it like, oh, I get it. I get what they're talking about. I don't think for people who were in the condition we were in, it's a day one thing. I just don't. I I agree. Requires more work than that. I agree 100% when someone this intuitive eating i'm 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 not going to use a specific person but th- this is the the archetype that i've seen this in- intuitive intuitive eating coach that has never been more than 150 pounds um telling a 500 pound person to just eat intuitively because th- the, a lot of the thoughts are the reason you're overweight is because of the shame you feel and the fact that you've tried so many diets that's why you're overweight not because you like you're eating whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I disagree respectfully. I intuitively ate myself to the size that I was. So did I. It was. And so I, that's why I just don't like using that term. It comes with some baggage, but like you said, that's basically what I do. Yeah. The reason I call it mindful eating is because all of that stuff I learned over the years it is in my brain. I'm not going to forget it. Right. And so it informs the choices I make now. So if I'm out to eat, say I'm at a, uh, a buffet, I'm going to intuitively or mindfully choose the things that are not going to be loaded in fat, like, and that are going to be more satiating. If there's fruit there, I'm going to actually have some, right? If there's a salad bar, why not have salad before the meal? Because it like, and then I'm telling myself, I don't need to eat as much as possible i'm not Dude, it's I fine always, like i always looked at the fruit on a on a buffet you know when i was a kid at sizzler or something like yeah. that and it's all you can eat and i'm going like who would eat sucker that? is eating yeah. fruit who's yeah. wasting space with fruit <laughs> dude me my family like we used to have this um we used to have this like ritual that we would do every year at the last day of school we would go to this place called hometown buffet 
And for us growing up, that was very fancy. Okay. Like it was because like I said, we didn't have much money. And so we didn't go out to eat almost ever. And so we would go there. And a lot of times there'd be like 15 of us because my my mom was always that mom that always welcomed more and more people. Like it, it would just be a, a huge group of us. And we would spend hours at Hometown Buffet, okay? Hours. And I would see the fruit and I'd be like, who would eat? Like the closest I would get to the fruit was there'd be jello next to the fruit and right. I'd have that, but then also put whipped cream on top. Right. And I would think to myself, there's literally an ice cream machine over there that you can get as much ice cream as you want. And no one's going to stop you. And there's brownies. You can put the brownie in the bottom and put the ice cream on top and then hot fudge on. Like, why would I have fruit? Yeah. But same. it's just like, but now I understand if I ate that, especially, I mean, I am getting older. I'm 31, right? I know I'm not super old, but I'm getting older. If I ate that, I would feel not great. Okay. So that's, uh, that is part of it though. Like, I think people discount that. Like, I think that's so important is becoming aware of how certain foods make you feel and like genuinely taking stock in that. And I, I, I do feel like there is a certain level of, once you have maybe changed your diet up a little bit, you become more aware of how foods make you feel because it's been a while for me, but I don't remember, say, going and getting like a California burrito or carne asada fries. And then after I'd eat it, I'd be like, oh my God, I feel terrible right. because it was so normal for me. And so I do think that like it, it did take a while even to get that, I guess you could call it a skill. And so, but yeah, like basically where I'm at now, it's, I, I call it mindful eating. I, I eat similar foods, but if I do go out to eat, I I'll enjoy it. And even, and like, I, I just made a, a post like yesterday about a pizza that I'll make like once a week that it's not healthy. It's a regular pizza dough. Like there's nothing healthy about it, but I enjoy it and I want to eat it. And so it is what it is. Like, I don't beat myself up about it because I'm the one that's looking forward to making it and eating it. Right. And so that's how I are feel you funny. are you are you doing like a low a low fat mozzarella or low fat pepperoni or stuff like that? Like, is yeah. it is it really regular as you would make it when you were 19? Um, no, 100%. there are, there are well, a couple little there. You're you're shuffling some stuff around. Yeah, 100 percent. That That is true. And but I will say when I was 19, I literally didn't cook anything. So I wasn't even making a pizza. Right. I, mean, I was if, if it was 19, it would be hot pockets that were frozen on in the middle, but then molten lava and other parts uh, <laughs> because I was impatient to recook it. But but yeah, there's like certain things. It's ex literally exactly what you said. So it's the low fat mozzarella and then uh, turkey pepperoni instead of regular pepperoni. Which, by the way, super high in protein. Yeah, super high in protein, low in fat. And I, again, maybe it's my tongue has been like <laughs> transformed or whatever, but I don't really taste the difference. And then it is like a whole wheat dough. But the only reason because every time I go to the freaking store, they don't have the regular dough, and but they have the whole wheat one. I'm like, I guess I'll just grab this one. I, don't, I can't really tell a difference too much. I would rather have the normal one. But but yeah, so like there are certain things. And again, I think it's like it's almost like I don't even see those things as compromises because for me, it's just like, why, why not? It makes sense. Like, why would I not do that? Like, you know, make that change. Right. Yeah. And so, so I want to ask you about this, but I want to I, I, I want to just um, preface it a little bit with the with the enjoying your food, with the having stuff that is pleasurable. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I, I try mostly to consider my food fuel and and not I'm not having a party every time I eat. Yeah. Every time I eat is not a celebration. 
but I also do occasionally go out to dinner and occasionally I'll go like, leave the sauce on my vegetables, you know, mm. and that'll be me enjoying my food a little bit more. The thing that I used to get in trouble with that I, the, the, the only guardrail I stick up now with food is in, in in quantities so mm -hmm. like what i used to do is similar to your order at fast food because like today i could have a, a mcdonald's cheeseburger a small fries and i would have a diet soda and it wouldn't it wouldn't fuck my day up that yeah. could that could be a meal mm -hmm. there's nothing about one mcdonald's cheeseburger and a small fries that sounds super fun to me Mm. I, I want the order you described. That's yeah. what sounds fun to me. You know, I want a whole large pizza and chicken wings. And if they happen to have garlic knots, I'll have that too. And consuming all of that is what kind of tickles some part of my brain. When you're having these meals. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Not even that you're necessarily even regulating it now, but are quantities a factor? I would say yes, but it's almost like I'm not aware of it. Like yeah. the the pizza that I just described, I eat the whole thing. Like I use the whole dough ball. I eat the entire thing. It's probably like, you know, 1500, if not more calories. I, I have I honestly have never even tracked it because I just I'm not I don't really care that much. Right. Um. But yeah, like I think I definitely like for me. I like to have usually my largest meal is dinner. This is another thing that has helped me over over time is I, I wouldn't claim that I do intermittent fasting, but I do to an extent where a lot of times like my first meal will be basically every day it's protein oatmeal. So I have oats, protein powder, peanut butter, and then I actually put Greek yogurt on top of it. Some people think it's very strange, but I like it. It's kind of like different, like sweet. And then it's like cold and whatever. But um, so that's like a pretty high protein meal. And that, there is a good amount of calories in that. And then a lot of times for lunch lately, I'll just do a salad with chicken. And then dinner will be my largest meal because 
I do like to like it's still something in me that likes to feel very full, <laughs> like sure. not just satiated, but I want to like I want to go to bed full. And yeah. like the people that are like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't eat seven hours before I go to sleep. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. I would all I would be thinking about is the fact that I'm hungry. And so I would say to an extent that is part of it. Like if I go to Chipotle, I get I always get extra rice. I always get double meat and then I always get chips so I can dip the chips in it. And it's it's a lot of food because I like that feeling. And I, I would say like I think if someone was on the outside looking in, they would say that that's maybe not the healthiest you know, mindset to have or the healthiest uh, diet they've ever seen. And I wouldn't even argue with him because I, I, but, I, but what's unhealthy about it? it? You're, you're clearly not gaining weight. Yeah. And and if you are, I've seen pictures of you. If you are, you're putting on muscle. Mm. It's not. And the ratio, you know, a lot of people who, who are so hell bent on gaining muscle are also getting fat. I don't see that in you. So I don't see what's unhealthy about that. Yeah. And that it's honestly how I feel as well. And so, yeah, I think that is a good question. Like what is healthy? Because everyone is going to have a different, they're going to have a different interpretation of that. Right. And like some people want to eat five meals a day and that's fine. Personally, for me, that's not something that sounds interesting. Right. And so I've, the way that like the philosophy I have now with food and nutrition, it's funny because these are all things that I haven't really given much thought to. And so I'm like coming up with it right now, but like, I honestly just, I, I've always, I just do good enough. That's how I feel. Like I it's, this is not something I've made up. Everyone's heard this, right? I don't let perfect get in the way of good enough. Like I, I, I know my diet's not going to be quote unquote perfect, which, what does that even mean? Again, that's, that's an argument or that's a conversation that I think could take forever. Right. I think it could be never ending, but I just, I understand that like, if someone saw this on the outside, they could have, I think part of it is my brain has been messed up by the fact that I've been doing this for so long, like on social media. And so everything I've done has had people saying, you should do this, or why don't you do this? You should try this. That's a stupid decision. You should. And so I'm always almost thinking what's someone going to say. And then I immediately, instead of answering the question, and you probably noticed this, instead of answering the question, just with an answer, I like go off on tangents, trying to answer what other people are going to say about my answer. (laughs) But so I basically just, I just do good enough. That's, that's how I think of it. I don't, I don't obsess over being perfect because that is something that is impossible to to chase. It's something that you're never going to find. And even if I did have the perfect diet, how many things would I have to sacrifice that I enjoy doing to find it? And would that- But what's perfect if perfect, if you want to maintain your weight, perfect is whatever does that. If you're not miserable, then I think like- there's a version where good enough is also perfect at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, it. I guess it all depends on what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I think like I always say, like, there are ways that I could be better at my nutrition that would probably help with my athletic endeavors, things that I'm enjoying at the time. Like right now, I'm, I'm really enjoying running a lot. I just recently got into tennis, which has been very fun. Uh, it's like the whitest thing I've ever said, but uh, like, I I'm- haven't <laughs> seen that. I saw I saw I remember CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, and, and then I, I, I was there for the transition to running, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, this guy's fucking killing it!" Yeah. So, but so like, there are certain things that I could probably do that would maybe make those things a little bit easier. But also, I'm not trying to win the New York Marathon. I'm not trying to go to Wimbledon. I'm just trying to enjoy being able to move this body 
in a fun way and in a way that is just enjoyable to me because I think about the kid that when I was in high school and tried out for football that we they used to do a lap around the the field and they would put all the linemen in the front and everyone else that was faster than you behind you to try and motivate you to run. And I couldn't even make it around the, I couldn't do a single lap. Right. Right. And so I was that kid for so like, that was my whole adolescence was being feeling so incapable of doing anything that now, like when I go on a run or when I play tennis poorly, but when I do those things, I am so appreciative of it. And like the thought of like, Oh, I could be better is it's it's just not something that is going through my head because I'm just so thankful that I can do it, you know? And I that's not to say that I I'm not trying to improve. Like, yeah, I go I obviously do this stuff to try and get better, but I'm not going to sacrifice everything else to become the number one, you know, to be as good as physically possible. That's just not for me why I do the things that I do. Yeah. I and I think that's a perfectly uh rational way to present it too because m- I think most people are going to need some leeway. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, be, I I was obsessed for a minute with bodybuilding and this idea of like needing to have such a crazy physique and I got there and was like this is gone this this version of me is gone today. Yeah, You know, I gained nine pounds just refeeding for the photo shoot. And then that was it. I never Mm -hmm. was that weight again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that was, that was so much work. And, and it was, it was like, you know, the versions of diets you do that are extreme where you're like, I can do this for a month or three months, but I can't do it a day longer Mm -hmm. than that. And the relapse is super scary. And then as far as bodybuilding goes, the, the idea of a guy like me trying to put on muscle, there's a few things running through my head. Like I want to loosen. I want to tighten up some of my loose skin. I'm never going to build that much muscle. Not possible. <laughs> Tr- truly. I would be like a thousand pounds of muscle. to feel <laughs> yes, that. So, People say that to me and I'm like, I would not, literally have to be like Mr. Olympia. Yeah, so like, it's, it's just not, not possible. Yeah. It, it, and so that's not really realistic. And then I go like, how much fucking muscle do I need? I'm a pretty big guy. You know what I mean? I'm still clinically overweight. What am I trying to do here? And, you know, I'm a sober person. And so I do have to have some guardrails with food that are similar or uh, analogous to drugs and alcohol where there's no abstinence, but like, I don't eat McDonald's. I just don't, Mm. that's not a thing for me. And, and like I could, I, I did once go and have a, my kid said uh, in and out had the best fries. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. McDonald's fries are way better and drove her. And this was in the last five years. And we had a small bag of fries. We each had a few of them and then threw them away. And I felt dirty. It felt like mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done this, but like in and outs fries, if I had a handful of those, it's not as bad. Like, it's just, it's, it's slightly irrational. It. No, um, I get it a hundred percent. I get it a hundred percent. Yeah. But that's me. And there's going to be other people, but there's got to, you got to find a life. And and mm. I think like the whole story you told, like, do you think, do you think the way you kind of discovered things step by step was almost cosmically divine in a way that like I'm saying, if you had all that data on day one and tried to follow, 
I know it's led you into a life of 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 like I don't want to say autopilot, conscious autopilot or mm. thoughtful autopilot. Um, but do you think you succeed on day one computing everything you learned? Zero percent chance. I think that I think that that's one of the things that's really tough with the the day and age that we are in is there's so much information out there that people struggle with. You know, it's this has been a, a term paralysis by analysis. There's there's too much information to where you feel like to start, you have to be perfect at the start. Right. Yeah. And that is just it is that is a recipe recipe for failure, in my opinion, because you're not going to be perfect. And like, it's, you're not supposed to be at the start. If you're coming from where I was, which is, I think a a very similar thing that a lot of people are in that position. If you're coming from that, even if you tried to eat what I do now, which is not like the most, you know, the pinnacle of health or whatever, it would still be too difficult. Right. And so I think that taking those small steps you know, we've all seen those pictures of like the little, you know, the infographics of like taking the steps and, and just slowly chipping away at it. That's the way to do it instead of like trying to look at this wall and figure out how I'm going to learn how to wall run so I can get on. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, maybe there's going to be that one freak person that can do it. But like the vast majority of people, it'd be easier to take the stairs, you know, like just <laughs> small steps at a time or even maybe an elevator, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just like make it. I always say like, make it as easy for yourself as you can while still obviously challenging yourself because the easiest thing to do is to not change, obviously. Right. So I, this is something that I struggle with because I think especially in, and I don't want, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but in this space of the fitness and wellness space, uh, a lot of people are, I feel overly, they overly rely on like this motivational, like just uh, push through it and, I understand where that's coming from, but I think that focusing on small, like digestible changes over time where you are learning. And another thing that's important is all of these things you have to reflect on. And I'm not saying you don't have to sit and write a journal. That's never been something that I've done, but just, just reflect on, like, just think about why, why did that work for me? Why am I able to do this? And then just slowly chip away at it. Um, and for me, that helped a lot because I was able to see some results, learn, figure out why is this working and then build on top of that. Right. So like, the, you know, think about a pyramid. I was able to build that base and then I went and tried to build and build and build until I got to that peak. Right. And the way I see it is like it's 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 a never ending thing. And when I talk about that stuff, I feel like it can sound kind of daunting if you haven't started. But I, it's like. I've gotten to a point where the process of the building is what I enjoy doing. And, and so but, it's, but I, I, I completely agree with you. I know it sounds daunting. Mm-hmm. I also know, I, I, I know if I woke up tomorrow, 500 pounds, I would be so anxious and I'm sure I, I I'm sure I don't even like follow my own advice necessarily and go like, I'm going to do this really slowly. Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I go like, give me a liquid diet or something. Yeah. I understand yep. that. But uh, but like your foundation, beginning with your common sense thing, just moving soda out of it. That's that's like that could that could be and anything we know how to do like really, really well. We didn't learn or figure that out overnight. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, but you didn't just, uh, you know, the first time your mom said, put your shoes on, you didn't know how to tie them. 
It took time. Brushing your teeth, making a habit of that took time. All of these things, learning to drive a car. And then I'm sure there's a handful of savants who, you know, didn't need lessons and just knew how to do everything and could play Beethoven on the piano. And it's like, okay, well, we're not them. We're the rest of the populace. Mm -hmm. But But it takes time. It is so hard. I think that's the hardest part. Like maintenance is very hard, but also like the the letting go of the need to have everything happened at once. Yeah, it, it's it's it really is a good point. What you said, like if I were and it's I feel the same way, like if I were to wake up and I was at my heaviest weight, it I, there's just I can almost guarantee there's no chance that I would do everything that I've said. And so <laughs> I, I want to make that like that's a very good point because I understand what it's like to be starting and I share this information because I'm trying to get you the best information possible. Do I think you're going to listen to everything? No, of course not. And I wouldn't even, I personally wouldn't even say like, don't go out and try to be perfect or whatever. It's more so if you've tried that and it hasn't worked, maybe try this instead kind of thing, right? Because who knows, maybe you are the person that can just bam, you do it and it works. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, don't give it a shot. Like if that's something you want to do by all means, but if it doesn't work out for you, here are some other alternatives, right? And that's like what that's basically like the the information that I try to share, like the the stuff that I try and and say in in my videos or whatever is to help that person that has tried a lot of diets, right? Because like I mean, I I'm always really interested in in your story because you you were not exactly the same as me where you did have times where you lost a significant amount of weight and then like multiple. Yeah, and so I know this is an, your podcast and you should be asking a question, but like, this is just something that I'm so interested in. Like wh- when you were, you know, going through maybe the regain phase were like, what, what would go through your mind? And I asked because I, and I don't mean this in a way that's like, I'm better than, but I've never had that yeah. feeling. Like what is, you know, what's going through your mind? Like, how are you, I don't want to say rationalizing it, but how are you living the day to day of, regaining some of that weight back the the easiest example was when i like 2012 or 2011 i was doing eight hours a day of cardio and truly starving myself and that's the thinnest i ever got i got to uh just about 200 pounds and i would get on my bike in the morning i was out of work my name is earl had just ended in 2009 so this began uh like early 2010 and by 2011 i was in france for the tour de france riding every stage of that bicycle race (laughs) and like i was obsessed and i would my my diet was i'm only really eating while i'm riding the bike so it's like a lot of bars and gels and some protein drinks um and then uh, at night, I would have something called Carbo Light, which I don't even know if that exists anymore. It's like l- uh, low carb frozen yogurt. And I knew really nothing about nutrition. Mm-hmm. And then my wife said, like, you you have to go find a job like you can't. This is crazy. You've done this for almost two years. Go work. And I had a bad bike accident. And this all kind of came together where I just kind of was like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'll start lifting weights. I started lifting weights and I, I just, you know, it was, it was as 
mindless as any other time. It was as like unconscious where I then woke up again at 400 pounds going like it wasn't. It, it is interesting because I do, you know, there's this um, either you see it a lot on in social media where it's like they did this to themselves or, or um, you know, this this idea that you're knowingly doing something. I wasn't. It was very much subconscious. And then the I do think getting out of it, it takes personal responsibility and is takes that uh, intention and kind of you have to knowingly get out of it. I don't know a lot of people who just didn't think about it either way, gained a bunch of weight and then lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, I just, yeah. But there wasn't it wasn't like every time I sat down to eat, I was I knew I was making a bad decision. That mm. wasn't a factor at all. I can't remember once going like, uh, I'm going to eat this food and get, and I know I'm going to gain weight and I don't care. It mm. w- w- really wasn't that it was just like the the guardrails left. Yeah, I'm it, not I'm not dieting anymore. I, it was too exhausting, but I was, you know. I was doing something that was truly not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last I, the, uh, the, the best like story I have of something kind of similar was I had, um, it was when Netflix was like relatively new ish still. And there was this documentary about this guy. I don't, I don't want to use the name of the documentary. I'm not trying to talk about the documentary, but it was this guy that was, uh, he juiced, he only drank juice and he lost a lot of weight. Right. And, I remember I watched that and this was like, you know, I was a teenager at the time and I wanted to lose weight like so bad. Like it was literally like I, I was the person that like, if you asked me if you could get a genie and they could only give you one wish, what would it be? I would have wished to not be fat anymore. Like that's how much I, like I used to dream literally about being thin. Yeah. And so I remember I watched the, the, this documentary and this guy had lost a significant amount of weight and just through juicing. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I can't afford a juicer, so I will just only eat fruits and vegetables, right? <laughs> and I was able to do that for, I don't know, maybe about, I think I did it for about two weeks. And then after the two weeks, I started like, I would have my friends, whenever they would go to a Mexican food place here, they would get these things called hot carrots, which are carrots that are like soaked in like different salsas and stuff. And I would start eating those <laughs> because I was like, I can't just like, I need flavor, right? But then eventually I was doing it with a friend of mine and he he was over it. He couldn't do it anymore, right? He was also a pretty overweight guy and he was like, I can't do it. And then he was like, I'm going to go to Hometown Buffet. And I was like, well, if you're quitting, I have to quit as well, right? right? And so we go to Hometown Buffet and it's interesting because it was like the opposite of what you've explained. I was sitting there and I felt so, it was such a crazy feeling. I felt so much guilt but also so much like euphoria and excitement. I was, I'm not exaggerating, sitting at this booth, sweating so much. And it's not hot in this place at all. I had napkins. I was wiping myself. I don't, I don't know what was going on, but we, I mean, we ate so much food and like, that's again, I had lost maybe 10 pounds (laughs) and then gained it probably all back right there, you know? Uh, probably a lot of it water, but still like that, that was like, that's like my experience with it, you know, well, a lot I, smaller. But. Yeah. Listen, if I'm going to go back and like try to thirst thoroughly uh, pick it apart, I didn't have a moment like that, but I, I, I am sure 
there was a moment where whatever it was like I was I, 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 at the time, 2011, 12, I was like, carbs are bad, right? Yeah. If I'm doing fucking eight hours of cardio a day and I really believed carbs were bad for me. <laughs> And so I'm sure it went like, well, you know, beets are high in carbs. So I wasn't even eating beets. And then it was probably like, well, for I'm just going to eat beets and then I'm just going to eat potatoes and then I'm just going to eat rice. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, and it built and it built and it built. And so it wasn't I think if I had had a hometown buffet experience. I would remember it like that's a great memory, (laughs) you know, but I think mine was one of those things that crept up on me. So it was almost like blind or I occluded it from this one single period to when, you know, 2015, I was 400 pounds again. Like it Mm. didn't didn't take long at all. And I was still working out. I went to the gym four days a week and lifted weights, but I was just eating everything in sight. And I think that's interesting because that's still like, yes, that was obviously a, I guess you could call it a slip up if you want, but also that led you to where you are now. And like, you did continue to lift weights. So that wasn't a complete like failure, right? Like, because now where you are, I mean, it seems like you're in a much healthier spot and it's almost like, that's why I never like all of these things that I've talked about in the past and like these slip ups or whatever, I'm never like really upset about them because they led me to, and I know it's the cheesiest thing ever, but they led me to where I am now. Yeah. And so, and it's helped me like, that's why I always try and say like, you know, I'm not saying you can't go out and try these things that I say maybe aren't the best things to do by all means do it. But it's like, I also feel a sense of almost obligation to, if I feel like that was a thing that maybe wasn't the best for me, like, Hey, this is what happened to me. This is why I'm not a huge fan of X, Y, Z. Like everything that I talk about where I'm like, Hey, maybe don't do this. It's not just because I'm like, Oh, I'm always right. And I know it's like, no, I tried it. And this is what happened to me. And again, you know, you could call the anecdotal that's fine. But I also try and look at like the science and all that stuff, you know, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what happened to me. So that's, that's why I don't think it's the best thing to do. Yeah. For, for me, uh, like I try to not have regret about anything. There is some part of me that, that gets nagged by the amount of time I spent really believing that carbohydrates were poison or that I couldn't lose weight unless I stopped eating carbohydrates. That was the, that was the thing that I just was so wholeheartedly dogmatically affixed to that even when I'd stop losing weight and have to basically like starve myself while doing keto, I was still like, no, I'm allergic to carbohydrates. I Mm -hmm. can't have them. And that that's the one thing I look back on and go, I wish I had learned that earlier on, you know, and and it's not to knock people who do keto. If you do keto and you like it and you're happy, that's great. I, it it was not getting me to where I wanted to be. So another question, um, what was, you know, you, you obviously had a period of your life where carbs were the devil, right? They were the evil, this evil thing. How was that transition? Was there in like a aha moment where you were like, Oh, it's, you know, it's not, or was it a slow changeover? Like, how did you go from, cause I, I asked this because I know there, and I'm sure, you know, there are a lot of people that are stuck in that type of thinking that you were in that, you know, if they're, if they like being there, that's fine. But there are a lot of people that don't like it, right? They feel yeah. like, 
they, they feel like carbs are evil and that makes them very sad and like it bums them out. And so how, like, how was that for you kind of getting out of that? Yeah, I got to 315 and, and I was just stalled and I was, and I was like, I was meticulous. I even, there would be days where I was like, well, let me try eating no broccoli today instead of my one cup of broccoli. And that would yeah. be the only carb I would have. I, I, I cut dairy out of my diet because of the trace amounts of carbs that were in dairy and uh, still not losing weight. And then it was like, okay, well, I just have to be hungry. So I'm going to just cut all of my meals in half. And then I was hungry and I was losing weight. And then, you know, the aha moment was like, well, if I'm just hungry, let me see what it's like to eat stuff that makes me feel good that I that I prefer to just chicken thighs mm -hmm. and see how that goes if I actually count calories. And then I started counting calories and the weight just steadily came off when when I went on to calories mm -hmm. and and really was diligent with calories the weight just it never stopped as long as i adjusted for weight loss it never yeah. stopped and then when i took a maintenance period that was the hardest thing i've ever done and but i understood like oh no this is my school for when the diet's over mm -hmm. this is how i learn to live and that's when i was like oh i can count macros i want protein i didn't really care about my fats and carbs as much i just was like I want to get this much protein. I want to retain muscle mass. And, uh, you know, I, I still today am bummed if I get on the scale and it's not lower. Of course. Yeah, you know, I understand that. I'm not trying that. to lose weight. I, if it's I not lower, that. I'm bummed. And yeah. that's that's just my own cognitive dissonance. That That's such a good point. It's funny that you said that because I was literally that, that's what I was about to start, like, ask about and kind of talk about was the this feeling of being at your lowest weight. I feel like this is another thing that is important for people that are transitioning out of weight loss to trying to transition into maintenance. Like I think one of the biggest detriments to people being successful is this insistence on being at the lowest weight possible. Right. Yeah. Like because that's it, why you say don't let perfect get in the way of pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Like it's like if People always ask me, how do I lose the last five pounds? I need to lose the last 10 pounds. My my answer almost always is, do you need to be at this lowest weight? Because for me, I don't, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with having like a goal weight range or whatever. But I remember I used to think, man, I'd love to get down to 180 pounds. And I did get down to 180 pounds when I stepped on stage. And that was, un there's literally no shot that I would be able to maintain that. But the, what I say to people is, imagine if in my brain, I thought that 180 pounds is the, the weight. That's always the weight. And that's the weight I need to be at. I would constantly feel like a failure. Yeah. I weigh my natural weight is probably 215. So I'd be what is that 35 pounds over it constantly? I'd feel so and think I would always be trying to get down to that weight. So I'd always be under eating, most likely doing like over exercising it would be a miserable life and just one that I guarantee I would not be able to to stick to. And then that's when people fall off and then they just keep going, keep going, keep going. Right. And the weight keeps coming on. That's that's why I was like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be at a, a certain weight. I'm not going to shame anyone for that. But I always say, like, just take a step back and think to yourself, is this last five pounds really that important? 
And how do you transition out of being the lowest? Because it is very difficult. Like, like you brought up in maintenance, not seeing the weight go down. It's a really weird, like, especially if you're losing a lot of weight, that's going to take a year or more. You become so accustomed to every week. If things are going well, that weight goes down and it goes down. And that's like, it's hard not to almost tie your self-worth or tie your identity to number goes down. I do good. Like I'm happy with myself, right? It's hard not, it's just hard not to tie yourself to that. And so that's why I always, like if I'm working with someone or I just am am talking to them, I, and, and they're like, I can tell they're kind of at that tail end of like, I don't really know what to do anymore is like, just always just be ready because eventually if you are successful in your weight loss, you're going to get to a point where you don't need to lose weight anymore. It's just like, you can only lo- only lose so much. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I, I think, I think it's just so important. And, and I don't think that there's a specific answer for each person. It's going to be different, but I just think being aware of the fact that you are going to get to a point where you're not going to need to lose weight anymore. That might sound like, well, obviously, but I'm telling you, man, when you're going through a year plus of losing weight, you get lost in the sauce, man. Like you just get that, that becomes who you are. And the thought of yeah. not going down anymore is like, it's hard to fathom it. You know what? One of my kids just had this experience, um, not just, but not too long ago where she graduated from junior high. So I guess it was a, a bit ago because she's now a senior in high school. Um <laughs> But I the, year, but the years she, fly by. I get the, it. <laughs> the years fly by. But she had this big project that she had to do, and it was all kind of wrapped up in the end of junior high. And there was this like it was very meaningful for her. And for the year, she crushed herself to do this project and and had her sights set on it. And she when she finished, she got really really depressed because there was no. She was like. I was expecting like. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. To feel like insane and 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 like all this stuff that I was expecting to come along with this, nothing ha- there's no nothing's changed and now I don't know what I'm doing and now I have nothing like she had no further motivation to do anything and she was like really upset. The same thing has happened to me every time I've ever hit a weight I wanted to hit. Yep. I, it doesn't feel good. I don't feel done. I'm not satisfied. I don't love the way I look. I have problems. And when it's really hard and I then gain weight, it's fucking crippling. It's crippling. I got to 
what I thought I've looked the best that I've ever looked. And that day gained nine pounds and honestly had pictures taken of me nine pounds heavier. And you couldn't tell from how I looked in the mirror at my house that morning, you know, when I just woke up to the nine pounds, it all filled my muscles up and probably made me look better. But Mm -hmm. the fact that I knew I was nine pounds heavier (laughs) fucked me up, dude. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent, man. And like the thing that's hard is like, I don't think that there is a specific answer for everyone of how to like wrestle with those feelings. Yeah. Um, like my, I think what has helped me, I can only speak for myself is finding other things to f- like find enjoyment out of. And so like the different athletic endeavors that I've done, you know, like running, I did a triathlon, um, you know, just, or even like even tennis, like I'm not, again, I'm not at all good, but it's like finding enjoyment of like just getting better has, it really has like, replaced that feeling of my weight being the most important thing. And I think, again, it's one of those things that it sadly will just take time because there was a l- many years where my weight was the most important thing. Like if you asked me, how much did you weigh this morning? I could have told you, you know, I don't know how much I weigh right now. I haven't weighed myself in a while. You know, right. I, I don't know, but I do. The thing is, is I still weigh myself relatively frequently, like more than someone that doesn't do it ever. Right. I'll weigh myself maybe once a week or something like that, just to make sure I'm not like, what is it? The emu that's sticking my head in the sand and being like, I don't, you know, I think that's, I think that is a really important thing. Like if you start to notice yourself, like not weighing yourself at all, or say, if you don't want to, I know a lot of people don't like the scale, but like, if you're not monitoring that at all, usually that's not the the best sign. Um, but like, you know, I still monitor myself a little bit, but my weight it, it or just even my physique, it is not the most important thing to me. Like yeah. I, I lift a lot less than I was. Like I used to lift six days a week. Like sometimes I would do two a days. Um, I just, and it was because I really did enjoy it and it was a lot of fun for me. But again, like my interests have changed, but also I still do lift. I'm just not, it's not the most important thing to me. And everyone's journey of how they get there, I think, is going to be different. But I do feel like the people that are successful in keeping weight off long term, their weight and physique, I don't want to say it doesn't become important, but it like takes a backseat. Like it's still in the car, right? It's still along on the ride. But it's not it's not driving the car anymore. Right. There might be something else that and that, that those things might change. Right. There might be different drivers every once in a while. But I just don't think that like people stay successful by being constantly obsessed over it. And I say that because I don't think there's anything wrong with being obsessed for a bit, because I I do think that especially if you're coming from, you know, where I think both of us came from. You have to be because you're, you know, you, you left, you, you, you ran him over with the car before, you know what I mean? You need to, you need to get him back in there, take some care of him. And then, but eventually you need to let him not be the main driver. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that metaphor made any sense, but no, no, I like that (laughs) metaphor. I like, I I like that metaphor. And I think you are out there preaching a great message, John. And, uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing this. And I think this will be a, a wonderful conversation to send people into the new year with. Thank you. I thank you for having me again. (laughs) Number three, I am honored. Well, I I can't wait for number four. Thank you. Yes. And now for the Q and a, 
Here's a question from Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. He says, hello, Ethan. First off, I'm a huge fan of your work in film and TV. Thanks, dude. I'm 23 and I've struggled with my weight for pretty much my whole life. Nothing seems to really work, but I did manage to get around 25 pounds off from last year. And I'm currently at 297. Do you have great? Yeah. He says, do you have any tips? I always fall back into a rut and I get a bit envious when I see all the people I know be successful. It can suck, honestly. I just want to experience all the pleasures and fun like everyone else at my age. Oh, yeah. This is heavy. So, yeah. What I would say is I had trouble for a long time having very specific goals. Like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds or I'm going to get down to this size pants or you know, I'm going to lose 300 pounds, whatever. I want to get to 210 pounds because I was never happy with any of those goals. I never got to any of those goals and was like, fucking did it. And this is awesome. And now I'm just going to maintain this forever. that, That just never happened. I was always kind of like, I need to do more. This isn't what I thought it would be. And so I... I kind of, you know, I like goals. I think goals are good. Having goals. I think that the goal for me today is improving every day. So the finish line for that is death. Mm. There's no, there's no, I got a hundred pounds off and that's the finish line. The finish line for me is the rest of my life. And so if you, if you kind of can't figure out how to, find something that will work forever it's kind of going to be this back and forth up and down struggle which sucks because i find for me that when i'm in the kind of absent-minded gaining weight phase i'm not really paying attention to life like i am when i then wake up and go like oh my god i've regained all my weight I'm depressed, I'm humiliated, I feel shame. And now I have all this work again that I've that I've done now for the fourth time and I'm going to have to just start over and 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 it's it's miserable. So I'm not really into like goals of a specific Now now listen, sometimes I have short-term goals where it's like I want to take a photo and I maybe want to get a little bit leaner for that. So that's a goal, but I never lose sight of the fact that I want to improve every day for the rest of my life. So this situation that I'm in has no end. The the, the end is the end of my life. I'm, I am constantly going to be dealing with this. I'm, I don't, I don't foresee a day where I don't wake up or drive by McDonald's and have the thought of like, you know, two Big Macs, a nine piece chicken nuggets, a large fries, that would be good. I would enjoy eating that. That's not going to happen. So it gets, it gets less, that voice gets less. And, and the decisions that I believe are productive and constructive for my life and, and, and improvement get easier to make the more momentum you get in making them, the more inertia you have. Um, but like, you know, kind of 
got to figure out a way that it all works together. So you're on this path, you're enjoying life at your age, and you realize that it's like a forever path. It's not a path of two months because you're going to relive those two months over and over again. And if those are two like really miserably hard, awful months, why do you want to set yourself up to live those two months over and over again? Find a path that is like, this is, this is my path for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with it. That's the other key. Like you got to be okay with it. Cause if you're not life fucking sucks, <laughs> right? Who wants that? Yeah. You're going to find like, if there's nothing pleasurable about walking on hot coals, some people walk on hot coals. I see nothing pleasurable about walking on hot. First of all, I have flat feet. I, I, you know, I don't know what it's called, but I have some condition. If I step on a, if in bare feet, if I step on a kernel of rice, it's as though I've been shot in the foot. Like I'll jump. Like I just have terrible feet. So the idea of walking on hot coals to me is like the worst thing anybody could do. But some people like doing it. Are they going to do that forever? Or is it like, no, you walk 10 feet and then you're done. This, what we're talking about is like a forever deal. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're figuring out how to construct our lives so that this condition is maybe not no longer present, but as tampered as possible. It's as reduced as possible. And that's going to take effort forever. But I'll tell you what, the effort of your life today will be less in the long term if you start actively working at it. And that's the trade-off, right? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more effort today, but if you look at the totality of your life, it's so much less effort because the amount of effort it takes today will reduce every day by a little bit. And then you'll get to a life where just maintaining it requires effort too, but it's nothing even compared to just living life today. Right. Just living life today is harder than maintaining this, this, you know, this improved state. That's pretty That's awesome. Suggestion. I love it. That was, I'm so lucky I get to hear you say all this. I just want to say, cause that's everything you say is very helpful to me too. So thank you for that. And John, Paige. really mean it. Jonathan, we hear you. Thank you for asking and let us know how you do. Um, and Ethan, thank you for that. That's really Really, really, really inspirational, actually. If anyone else oh. has a question that they would like Ethan to answer, you can email us on the website. It's hello at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>